0: the shame, the humiliation, the embarrassment of letting an addictive behavior take over my life. Mm. And I found a substance that allowed me to stuff, to stuff my emotions, to Mm. stuff my feelings, uh, to isolate, to hide, uh, self-sabotage, all these tendencies that we do when we feel that we're not self-worthy, we're not good enough.
1: Today, we're really excited um, that we have a very special guest with us today, Krista Marzuski. I just recently met Krista, our paths crossed around yoga, which I think we met actually a little while back at a trauma training, maybe at Laughing River. I know we had a hallway conversation, but we got reconnected recently, and I don't think that's by accident by any means. And so, um, so grateful to have you here with us today. And Krista's is going to share a lot about her journey. She's a few years um, into recovery, um, but she does a lot of work at Turning Point, And she teaches yoga there, the 12-step recovery program, which I am just training in myself now. So that's been great to connect with you about that. Um, she's also a recovery coach at Turning Point. Um, she does peer support. And she also works in development, you know, really working to get funding for these really valuable programs, which we are going to hear a little bit about today. But so welcome, Krista, to Zen Mama in the Attic.
0: <laughs> oh, it's it's an honor to be here both with you, Mary and Kate. Um, just a pleasure to share the space with you
1: this afternoon. Thank you. Yeah, our our pleasure completely. Um, So I know we have so much to share and you're in a training today, a yoga training, and she's taken a little snippet of the time she has to share just to show you how much she's giving back of um, her gifts. So thank you for taking this time. Really appreciate that. Yeah. The, the, The learning never ends, right?
0: No, I it doesn't, and that's one of my that I've learned from my um, sponsor mentor that it's and, and the people in this community. Um, it's I can only be as good as what's given to me, and mm-hmm. to continually observe and receive from other people. And one of the things we first learn in coming to a fellowship or a community is. Sit down and listen. Mm. Do what you're told to do, absorb it. And um, that was hard because uh, I, I like to think I, I could do it on my own. Yeah. Oh, we but uh, as long as I'm that. continually learning yeah. and expanding my knowledge and skills, it makes me a better person for the people I get to uh, work with and be involved in.
1: Yeah.
0: That's yeah.
1: A really powerful, I think, the, the skillfulness of listening. Mm-hmm.
0: A wise person told me I was given two ears for a reason and one mouth.
1: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) You You think maybe, and we'll we'll jump into your addiction, but I sometimes wonder when people are in addiction, if they spend a lot of time trying to cover their tracks and not wanting to leave a lot of space for listening.
0: Yeah, it's... um... My, uh, so my my journey is quite interesting. I'll just tell you a little bit about my yeah. journey.
1: Thank
0: you. I'd like to begin now saying that uh, my name is Krista. I'm 52 years old and I'm a woman in long-term recovery.
1: Mm.
0: And take a deep pause after that because yeah. it was very um, difficult for me to say that. Um, the shame, the humiliation, the embarrassment of letting an addictive behavior take over my life
1: Mm.
0: and I found a substance that allowed me to stuff to stuff my emotions to Mm. stuff my feelings uh to isolate to hide uh self-sabotage all these tendencies that we do when we feel that we're not self-worthy we're not good enough um and then I found myself just spiraling into a downward spiral. Mm. So if you knew me, um, I would say about five years ago, I was probably a shell of a person. Mm. Um, I didn't know who I was anymore. I ran a business for about 18 years in the Caribbean and was married. Um, So I kind of did that process of life. And realized that um, I, I knew who, I did not know who I was. I didn't know who I was anymore. And it was very easy to turn to substances. And I, I did. I found alcohol. And it was that numbing factor that took me out of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, when life became dysfunctional. When my surroundings became not so pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, and through a lot of work, listening to people. Um, realizing that I didn't know the answers and I couldn't do it alone. And I think when I finally was able to start working on myself was when I could admit that I had a problem.
1: Yeah, that's, that's huge. And what, what brought that point to you? Do you think?
0: um, I think it, it finally happened when um, um, I, I ended up back, back in the United States and I was with my parents and supportive, very supportive, wonderful people. And it was, um, to the point, uh, honestly, they, they dropped me off at rehab and I, I was left to figure it out on my own Mm -hmm. because, um, being a person broken, not needing to be fixed. And I realized that I'm not broken toys break. Mm. um things break mm. uh glass breaks but we are not broken and we don't need to be fixed we just need a tune-up oh, I like you're that. like a car we need an oil change you need to put snow tires on in the winter and we need to be we need we just need a, a readjustment a reset button mm. and sometimes it takes people many times when i went to rehab i i found people there that had been there a dozen times And sometimes it takes us many times and sometimes it's one time and it could be different locations. And and I think my time was sitting on the bed in rehab going, wow, I cannot go back to family because I'm not well and and I have taken my toll on them and they don't want me anymore. It's not that they didn't want me. They really were, that tough love has to happen sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And tough love is really hard. Um, for me, it worked. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, everybody has their own journey. Everybody has their own bottom, their own breaking point. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bottom may be a person going, "Oh, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm doing too much," or, or you know, it's. We all have different bottoms, and what a bottom is to someone, and and that happened to be mine. Um, to fast forward, I came out. I was in Burlington. I found a very A beautiful family, sober community to live in. Um, Went to um, 12 step meetings, um, gotten very involved in different um, programs, and I happened to find the Turning Point Center and I found um, a program there, a yoga program. And I had been kind of introduced to yoga at rehab and my only other time trying yoga was I had a hangover and I was on my friend at, we were on the beach and we were going to go for a run and she's like, oh, we got to do yoga first. And it was this bendy twisty stuff and it was just not for me. Um, that was, you know, five, six, seven years ago, whatever. But I found it at rehab and that was the first time that I actually was able to try to start to get out of my mind or listen to someone and realize that. Just tell me what to do.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. So, and just the, things slowly start to fell, fall into place. And part of it was having the willingness to realize that, you know, I, I I don't know who I am. I had no idea who I was. And I was scared. And no one knew who I was. You know, it just, it
1: was, Nobody it was difficult. Nobody could that for you, right? No one yeah. could figure that out for you. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing everything you've shared. Um, what was your um, substance that you, it was um, alcohol, alcohol. It was alcohol.
0: Um, I, I say I was fortunate, um, to never have, um, experimented with, um, pills or, or marijuana, um, which is interesting because I lived in the Caribbean, which is the land of many substances. Oh um, I mean, that's People I would talk to people and they're like, wow, I can't believe you've never smoked a joint or you've never done this or that. That's where the good stuff has grown, um, yeah. but it, it, it wasn't. It was never it never called to me like alcohol did Yeah. And it was interesting because i was raised in a family that you know alcohol was to be respected i my parents are not you know a a normal family and and there was no abuse there was no just you know things like that that you think
1: yeah, I don't know. It, we like have it,
0: stereotypes that that is stereotype. Yeah, thanks, Kate. It's a stereotypical family of wow. You're a product of your environment, and it's that's not true. It's absolutely not true. It's how we are as a person that have we have these feelings, these thoughts, these things that are overwhelming, and we don't know how to uh, we don't know how to recognize them. We don't know how to accept them and how to process them. And I say, um, as you mentioned, Mary, I, I teach um, Y12SR. It's called Yoga of 12-Step Recovery. And we think here in, in a very open thought of that, any, any behavior we do and continuously do and get the same unsuccessful results. So you may use alcohol. So I may give up or not use alcohol anymore, but now do I shop? do I exercise, do I eat, right. am I just switching the seats on the Titanic where I'm looking to feel the, fill this vo- void inside of me, mm-hmm. and until we recognize that void or voids, these things that are just inside of us, um, how do we recognize them, and how do we give them ownership, give them a name, and address them, and
1: yeah, yeah, step out from the, the fear, yeah. of- yeah, it's so, yeah. yeah. some, some
0: people, drugs and alcohol may never be a thing, but it could be food. It could be cutting. It could be self-sabotaging yourself, relationships, codependency. There's so many behaviors.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think codependency is a big one, especially it goes hand in hand with addiction a lot, too. I, mm-hmm. I've definitely seen that. And I think that's really important for this community to hear, especially those of us walking beside someone we hold in the higher level of addiction, Um, because I think it is a tendency we have as human beings, and we like to feel comfort and pleasure, and we push away the discomfort. And, um, you know, I think assume that we shouldn't we ought to be able to live life without that right which makes it we can talk a little bit about the consequences of all of that but i just think that level of awareness which a a yoga or mindfulness practice can bring us to is to realize we do have things in our cell phones let's not let's all recognize the addiction there with um that attachment and we just all have that tendency and i say that more in a way for us to hold space for each other right and if if we're going to step out from our shame, it's because we realize that we're not alone. And no one is um, free from addiction of some some form.
0: Right. I, and as I start talking to people, they're like, hmm, what about the bag of chocolate chips that are stuffed in my work drawer, yeah. in my desk, yeah. in the glove compartment of your car? And right. yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, there's definitely some health. I mean, exercise is a healthier addiction than yeah. alcohol or heroin. But mm-hmm. we just I think it's more in a way just to say it is a tendency we all have. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and it depends on what's layered on top of that and so many other factors that choose what our addiction of choice is. And I, I think about alcohol as um, I've had a few people in this community even reach out to me because I think it often starts as a glass of wine after work. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, you realize it's a couple glasses and then you realize it's every night. And I just wonder if, was that part of your, and it's all socially accepted and, you know, it's sort of like eating, right? It's like, it could become, it's okay until it's not okay. And so it was that sort of part of your journey. Did it start as a pretty normal, whatever we call that, um, social mm-hmm. drinking that turned a corner at some point?
0: It did. Um, when my life became very dysfunctional and, um, um, Yes, when my life became, you know, dysfunctional. Um, and maybe some sorts of abuse were in there. Um, and I say abuse, people think of abuse, maybe as physical abuse, but um, verbal self sabotaging is just as destructive as a slap. Yeah, and I it can almost be worse, honestly. It, it is worse. Yeah. You know, Kate, it really is because at least when someone hits you, you know what to expect, you know yeah. what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the constant degrading, the constant um, undermining, um, really just putting down, putting down, putting down. It's, it's, I, I personally feel it, it can be more destructive. Um, and in my case, it was. Yeah. Um, and then it just escalates onto other behaviors.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Our words are powerful. I think we uh, don't realize that. And I think that goes back to um, not in in this situation, maybe it was intentional, but I think sometimes we don't realize how much we can either raise people up, right. Or we can push them down. And I think we all struggle enough with our self-worth, honestly, especially as women um, that it doesn't, you know, it's important to have love look a different way. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, um, really
0: a, a simple, a simple thing that I, I sometimes like I have Jasper here and the only time he now knows the word N-O is if he's running out in the street and a car is coming. Uh, That's an. But it's, you know, there's no no for anything else. But it if you think about it as the word you're ugly or you're fat or you're not, you know, white those words you continually hear again and they become just so normal and so used that if you, like Kate, if I, I told you every day, oh, you know, you, you should be prettier, you should do this, you should, well, you constantly hear that and um, it it continually puts you down. But mm-hmm. if someone tells you every day, you are so beautiful and you heard that every single morning, four or five times a day, you would. You would have that that Maybe love that and confidence. that yeah. that self confidence. Mm-hmm.
1: Have you ever heard of? Um, I can't remember the name of the person that did the work. Uh, it's called Messages in Water. And they took, have you heard about this? But I've it's the same with plants, it. and it's. Um, but basically, it's like if you if you take a glass of water and you speak beautifully to it every day, and you take another glass and you speak horribly to it every day. Um, this person took. Um, I wish I could remember his name, but I'll put it in the show notes, but they looked at those crystals and the ones that were, had positive messaging were absolutely beautiful. Like you would think of a snowflake sort of being, um, uh, photographed and that they could, they could really measure the energy in them and it was just light and clear and beautiful. And the ones in the glass that didn't, it was, they were all disformed and, um, you know, discolored right? They were dying, basically. And you can imagine that on a cellular level, right? Uh In our body, we're 70% water, Mm -hmm. you know? So how powerful, I mean, that kind of work just crosses over um, in a very powerful way not to get off track, but that, that came into my mind.
0: Um, no, and Mary, I agree with you because that, the energy work I do with people and they're like, um, you know, I, I don't believe that you can, you know, I don't think that when you send love or you send energy that it really works. And I do, I said, you know, if you're in a room and you have a guitar and you strum a guitar, that vibration is going to resonate you, you can see that you, yeah. just like you can with the water. So the, what you put out is what comes back. I think there's yeah. a saying about the butterfly wings. You can feel the butterfly wings um, and it, yeah. it's the tsunami of the fluttering of the wings yeah. and a, the sensation. It is simple as if you walk into a room and someone walks in mad and angry and you can feel the dynamics and the energy of the room change versus someone that um, Comes in smiling and happy and welcoming,
1: and absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. It's
0: kind of, I'm, I'm at fault because I usually fly in like a tsunami with Jasper and me. <laughs> <laughs> but your energy
1: is good, just for everyone in the audience. Jasper's her beautiful poodle. Is, it a, is your dog a poodle?
0: He's a miniature poodle, he's my yeah. partner,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, yes, he's on our podcast today. We, we can appreciate that um, healing energy right there.
0: Yes, he's, yeah. um, and he does wonderful work. He, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So to jump back to your yes. your drinking and I, for those of you that are, um, kind of walking that line of, well, do I drink too much? Do I not drink too much? You know? And I, I have to be reminded again, I bring Glennon Doyle up a lot, but she, um, just she's in recovery and she wrote untamed and carry on warrior, but she was just sharing, um, she's a writer. So she said the number one question I get all the time from people is how do I know I'm a writer? And she said, well, if you're asking yourself, am I a writer? I don't, I think people that don't write probably don't ask themselves that question. Mm-hmm. And just like with drinking, cause she was a drinker. She said, if I'm asking myself, do I drink too much? Should I be drinking this much? Like she said, I don't think people that aren't alcoholics ask themselves, Am I drinking too much? So, if you're okay. asking yourself the question, then you might be an alcoholic. You might have a problem. Mm-hmm. So, just a little food for thought for the audience, anyway. Um, yeah.
0: that, the minute you start to question and wonder, it's like, hmm, what if you left home and you left your phone at work? Who would continue driving to work and be okay with leaving their phone at home right. and continuing uh-huh. on their day? Hmm. Right. Hmm.
1: That's a good, that's a good one. I like it.
0: I I really like that one because how many people would turn home, pick up their phone and be late for work versus being okay, leaving their home, leaving their phone at home all day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's true. I mean, sometimes uh, with a phone, it's like an appendage at this point has been removed if it's not with you. Mm -hmm.
0: And that bing every time you hear that bing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, we could get into all that and what that does to our anxiety and stress levels, but
0: we. Could but that goes out. back to the simple thing: is what is an addiction? Yeah, okay. absolutely. What is an addiction? We all, everybody, may have some form of underlying. So there's, it's, it's a, been a shamed word, yeah. but I, I love that it's being more accepted now. That yeah,
1: if. Yeah. It's it is, I, and I think yeah. that um, the more we can have these conversations and share it, people won't be so afraid of it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, let's uh, gonna go back to your story here. So, sure. I, I I hear that coming back to your family was a way to get maybe out of your situation, mm-hmm. uh, but then your family struggled to support you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you struggled yeah. to get support while you were under the the. The wings of your families, uh, right? Which is often true. Sometimes we need to step away or be pushed away.
0: Yep, we need. Yeah, yeah. and and for me it worked because um, they um, were not understand. They were not knowing what I needed, and yeah. as parents, it was very difficult. It was very difficult for them to understand what how to support me. Yeah, and it's. Again, it, it comes back to, um, I happen to be an older, you know, I'm 52. So the generation is, how do we, what do we do? Well, what do we do with this person? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's not in that generational area. It wasn't, maybe it wasn't talked about as much or it wasn't, it wasn't the norm. And, and now it's becoming a little more normal and acceptable and understanding and there's more resources. And for... Okay for my family. Um, They never had that, I don't wanna say problem, they never had that to figure it out. Um, So they were, you know, what do we do? Um,
1: Well, I think we can relate to that story 100%. Um, We didn't have addiction issues in our family around substances and Mm when Kate struggled, I didn't know what to do other than take care of her kids you know, and to ride my emotions. And I mean, I think I thought I could help her at first till I realized Mm -hmm. I really couldn't. All I could do was let her know I loved her and see how I could support her getting the help she needed. But Mm -hmm. it's a journey to get there. And sometimes there's a lot of hurt that happens along the way. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you have to let them, I say like, it's just like letting your kids leave your house when they're 18, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to let them flounder and Mm -hmm it's a little scarier with addiction that was that's your fear your fear of death you know your fear of well, they'll never come back but I could never bring her back yeah right yeah so rehab worked well for you can maybe because has shared a couple times like what's worked well what hasn't maybe you can share in your rehab experience why that was helpful for you what went well
0: um I, you know I I think I happened to be at the right. It, it was just, I was, I was, I was like, Oh my God, how did I, how did I end up here with these people? I'm one of them. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just don't want to be here again. Um, and you know, I I still keep in contact with a couple of people that were in rehab with me. And, you know, we follow, you know, we support each other and and compare our journeys and things like that. But sometimes people need to go many times and finding the right rehab is also um, is a journey in itself and being, you know, Everybody, it hits you at a certain place of, is this going to work or is this not going to work? And are you really at your bottom or are there, are we going to investigate to see if, you know, am I really one of them or do I really have a problem with this? And it's overpowering and it's a disease of the mind. It's a disease that is very overwhelming and it needs to be treated and supported in a lot of ways. Um, and it's not something that just can be changed. There's I I feel there's no on off switch. It's and once you realize that you have this addiction, it's an everyday acknowledgement of knowing that it's one day at a time, one breath at a time, one because you never know when um, an outside thing event may arise and you're blindsided it so it's a vigilance it's like diabetes it's you have to take your insulin every single day mm. um and you have a lifelong disease and once um me personally i was like once i can understand that you know this is something i am stuck with for the rest of my life but i also respect it and i have to know that you know it's not my fault it's not anybody else's fault I have it. Let's figure out how to live life. You know, I can't blame or shame anybody else. It's me. It, you know, why does a person get diabetes? You know?
1: Yeah.
0: Some people don't have any history, family history of it, and they become diabetic. I mean, you know, it happens. Why do some people get cancer? People have never smoked a cigarette in their life and they come up with lung cancer. Right. So how do I, figure it out from here.
1: Right. So there's a level of acceptance,
0: acceptance. Yeah. It's the acceptance of saying, you know what? Okay. I have this. Do I want to change it? How can I change it? in it's an everyday journey. Um, so wrapping that through to just finding supports in, and I being willing to have community and open up to know that you know, if somebody else can figure it out, maybe I can figure it out. And then finding a good community that can support you, the, others of like mind. And unless you're having friends or having a community that are of like mind, nobody's going to get what goes through a, our mind. I say our mind because, Mary, you're not really one of us. No. <laughs> Okay. Oh, sorry. You're not lucky enough to be in the club. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Kate and I are a little bit of you know.
0: I'm trying. I'm trying to be along. Yeah. Right, Kate. I mean, there's something that goes through our mind that we are so lucky to be in this club together. So I have to think about it like, woo! I'm 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 in the club. I'm in the club. It's
1: a good way to look um, at it, rather than feeling like it's something that is. You know that we need to do, and because it is yeah. it's like I' felt um it's nice to have a community where you feel like the people get that because I know I've walked into places and just felt like, yeah, these people don't know, I don't get me, you know what I mean, so it is nice, and that's where um I want to start getting more involved in in the center. Yeah. so yeah
0: in in having a therapist or a recovery coach that is another addict of right. some sort i mean if if you're a person struggling with anorexic are you going to go to a per, uh, I mean what better to find a counselor that has experience with that right because that again is a disease of a mind mm-hmm. it, it's it's the disease and and yeah it's really um how does someone that's 89 pounds look at themselves and say i'm fat
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that's I baffling think, frankly, to we me. We will never understand that. And only they will understand that. Yeah.
0: yeah. And and nobody wakes up, I mean grows up at a 4-year-old and says, "Oh, you know, I think I'm going to be 600 pounds and not, not leave my house for the rest of my life. That's my goal in life." Right. Yeah. We don't choose that, do we at as children?
1: Right. No. Life kind of no. in the way and it's us responding to it, right? I mean, is how, you know, all these different, there, there could be some epigenetics that feed into it. Some um, behaviors that you grew up around. Well, that, all of that becomes influences and then how you process and what you carry with you from past generations. Like who knows? Um, We're still pulling back the layers to that. Yeah.
0: And I like the saying it's, it's be in it, be in it, but not, not of it.
1: Mm, I like that yeah 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 creating a little space between it all so you um so let's I'd love to move into a little bit of um I mean amazing work that you've done to get where you are today and then um your tools of resiliency obviously are a little bit around yoga some of the work um like you said, if you're diabetic, you need insulin. So I'd like you to expand a little bit on what your insulin around your addiction is that you do every day. And then the work that you've now turned around um, and are helping to uh, others with at, at Turning Point. Yeah.
0: Sure. Thanks, Mary. Um, I, I guess my insulin is um, service right now of being of service um, and sharing my experience, strength, and hope,
1: mm, Beautiful.
0: sharing my experience, strength, and hope. That's what it is, and I also say to people, you know, here are the suggestions, here it is, take what you need, and leave the rest. It's like going to this big buffet table.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All this stuff is on this buffet table, and you get to pick and choose what you want, and my belief in order for a person to find solid recovery is to be able to pick and choose what supports them, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what really supports them in their needs. And there's no right, no wrong. Just like in yoga, the, the posture. So real quick, the posture, and this is how I come up with my belief in my yoga is making yoga accessible for everybody. We are at different places, spiritually, Mentally, physically, financially. But it's there for you, whoever, whatever, however you are, to meet you where you're at today. Mm -hmm. That's all we do is just meet ourselves where we are today. What you bring to the mat is enough because you are enough in that, that yoga posture, whether it be a yoga posture, an asana, a thing, or an item, a feeling that you have today, what, what, where you are right here in the right now, the right breath, you, the three of us right here in this space is not the same space, not the same emotional space. We were an hour ago yesterday, or we will be tomorrow. It's just make it through the moment Mm -hmm. and making it through the moment means being open to utilize the resources and find the resources that you need. Um, Mine happened to be finding the turning point center of Chittenden County Mm. um, in Burlington. I had been living in Burlington. I walked in there and they offered um, art that day and I made some beads and I found a recovery coach and a peer support. Um, So basically it's a, The recovery peer support specialist at the Turning Point Center is we just, it's another person in recovery. So as soon as you walk in the door, they get it. They get where your head is. If it's crazy busy all over the place and you just sit and listen. And I was awarded that opportunity to just have somebody sit there, um, whether I talked about myself or they talked and just chit-chatted and through my evolution of being a guest, I over time became a peer support specialist. So now I'm able to offer that if somebody walks in. Um, in fact, we just opened again, the center just opened, but through that it's finding a recovery coach. And I say a recovery coach, you could find a sponsor, you could find a therapist, you kind of find a spiritual healer. There's so many different things, um, but it's finding what works for you.
1: Right.
0: And that's really what it's about In embracing it. Yeah. Yeah the importance. Being, of, oh, okay. go ahead. Oh, it, and just being open to, you know what, that doesn't work. So try another one.
1: Right. Yes. Not, not considering it a fail. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. To turn you back on your heels. We're all built differently. Yeah, exactly. And
0: you know, I may click with you, but I may not, you know, and I, same with yoga. I tell people, you know, You may come to my class, I may talk too fast, I may talk too slow, my postures may be too slow, but keep going to yoga because you're going to find an instructor that you really enjoy. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Yoga is such a, I mean, it keeps coming up in our interviews. I feel like so many people are finding their way to yoga um, and that it can look like an asana, the posture practice, Um, Mm -hmm. not all twisty all the time, like you said, but it can be if that's what Mm -hmm. you want. And some people do want that. Um, it can also be just sitting and breathing. Mm-hmm. It yeah. can be just holding space for whatever is going on with you. And it's safe and it's sacred, you right. know, and that's the beauty of it. And I, I love how you say it meets you where you're at. And that's what I try to tell people that are like, oh, I try that or I don't, you know, that doesn't work for me. It's like, well, it's meant to work however mm-hmm. it needs to. And, and maybe yoga is just walking in the woods for you or, yeah. you know, just find your yoga. Can you talk a little bit about um, the 12 steps and how that's integrated into that particular yoga that you teach?
0: Sure. Um, the 12 steps are basically a, um, these 12 guidelines of how to live a wholesome life. Um, you know, one, you know, maybe I'm, I'm just like something I'm struggling with, um, figure it out, acknowledge it, give it respect, um, and know that, you know, there's, I need help. I need help. Whether it's, you know, finding a pet, I say a ball of dust, a tree, a plant, a power greater than yourself, God, you know, people all have different spiritual beliefs. Um, Maybe it's just your heart. And then, Knowing that I have these things, I have um, character defects of, we all do, you know, maybe I'm a perfectionist, maybe I'm this, you know, and just acknowledging them. So mm-hmm. it's just ownership and acknowledgement. And then the la- lastly is just laying down at night and going, wow, you know, I did this to somebody. I need to apologize. I need to make things right and not carry this burden. Mm-hmm. And how that weaves through yoga is... Um, yoga uh, has these sutras and they're the limbs of how, and these were written like centuries and centuries ago from the, the, uh, um, the scripts and they were, um, they, they're just guidelines to how to live life. You know, you, you treat people wholesome, you treat others how you want to be treated. And you recognize that the mind is a powerful tool and, and, they go hand in hand of just living a, a wholesome
1: life, a, a a life that's good. The yamas and the niyamas are the you? The yamas and the yeah. yeah. So that's exactly. like being truthful and not stealing and, you know, being, yeah, yeah just being it, mindful and skillful in your actions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you, I mean, if you want to really dig deep, you can, and I won't dig too deep, but I'll say, you know, there's one, um, um, a yama that's you know talks about celibacy yeah. and people think oh god i can never have sex again and that you know let's take it to the other extreme so okay you may not have sex anymore but okay you're married you're gonna have sex again but let's think about oh maybe i don't need to have so much of something else
1: mm-hmm.
0: hoarding yeah. how many look at look at covid how who? whoop who all hoarded toilet paper (laughs) right
1: right right.
0: (laughs) yeah right there that's that of you know yeah (laughs) that obsessive compulsive behavior so yeah Yeah.
1: it's about a little bit just about Mm self-regulation for sure and and that's curious about our actions around that and why we do what we do and
0: right it's just curiosity and i like to think of yoga as it's overcoming the obstacle of the mind how we you know you have the ego and you have you have all of this and how it just it's just a beautiful practice and so i would say um my opening to people when say they they're like oh i don't do yoga and i say okay well let's that's okay you know you don't have to do yoga just have a seat real quick and close your eyes so whoever's listening just close your eyes go ahead take a long deep exhale Inhale. Exhale. Relax your shoulders. You just did yoga. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You
0: just did yoga, connecting breath to movement. You inhaled, and you exhaled, and you relaxed your shoulders. You did yoga. <laughs> right, right,
1: right, on. right. Yeah.
0: That's that's yoga. Yeah. Connecting breath to movement. We're just breathing. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. all of the listeners, if they say they can't do yoga, you don't need to do yoga, yoga. You just do yoga Inhale, breathe. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. It's simple. It's, it's simple. Yeah. So, uh, so much there for exploration. Right.
0: Yeah. We and do have you're, this you're idea. Right. It's
1: it crazy though. Yeah. Well, that's the Western, that's the Western way we've yeah. made it into sensationalized it and made all these crazy postures that go in front of journals, yoga Ray, journals. on the and magazines. and, so the mat and like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in reality, especially here in Vermont, we just need <laughs> it at the mat. Yeah. <laughs> do what, what works. So yeah. part of your class, though, you, you review this. I know I, I took your class this week, and thank you. It was beautiful. Oh, you're you take, welcome. Yeah. So you had a theme, which was breath yep and then we did the asana practice and then at the end you read the 12 steps Mm -hmm. which i are part of the aa recovery right the traditional recovery is the 12 steps for those of you that you started to touch on them and they do overlap with the yamas and niyamas but it's really basically operating principles for living a good life in recovery right
0: right um and if those were written um, originally, yes, um, in 1935 by two gentlemen. Um, but any program that deals with any behavior we continuously do
1: yeah,
0: um, uses those founding principles. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. So you just review those? Mm
1: hmm. Uh, yeah. And then we and had a, a meeting, like a 15 minute meeting, where people shared. Yeah. And, um, whatever they wanted to and a, a lot of it was related to the practice and and a little bit about I've only been to a few um, traditional meetings um, people did start by saying their names and um, if they had an addiction what it was or what their relationship to addiction was and then yeah it was just so helpful to me to hear other people share how they've used yoga or how they appreciated it and some people in recovery sharing um, what their journey had been like and really what their tools of resiliency were. So I, th- I thought it was a beautiful offering and for people that don't want to step into a traditional um, meeting, mm-hmm. you know, cause it doesn't, cause it doesn't fit with everyone. I think this is a beautiful offering for people that like to get on their mat. And if you haven't done that, maybe try it. They're taught all over the world, right? It's sort of a, um, standardized program that you can mm-hmm. tap into anywhere.
0: Yep. it's okay. There's a website called um, y12sr.org. The, the program was originally um, designed by a woman who is in recovery, um, and her journey is beautiful. She had multiple relapses, was a yoga instructor, and realized through um, – Y twelve sr two is deal, dealing with a lot of trauma that any um, that we hold on to emotions within side of our body. So if you want to get into the physical physiology, uh, the neuroscience behind it, um, you know the na- the receptors in our mind, um, how we. How everything stimulates and things like that. So, these traumas we hold, these memories we hold with inside our body, um, whether they're good memories, bad memories, emotions, um, you hold them with inside your body. In yoga, in yogic terms, they're called samskaras. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like the, the memories, the indentations, the grooves within our body that we hold. And it's just that through the practice, you begin to peel apart the layers of letting go. Yeah. Um, in rehab, they talk about it as filling up a backpack full of rocks and you hike up the mountain and you're picking up along the way, all these things, these pretty rock, a big stone, this and that. And then when you get to the top, you're have this huge bag and do you want to carry that bag all the way down the mountain so pick through your bag and figure out what's really important what can I let go of what can I start letting go of acknowledge it in and that kind of thing so it's in it, it dives back into the self-exploratory of what's with inside of ourselves you know yeah what can we awesome. really start like you know so whether you do yoga or not just that whole journey of recovery is is acknowledging there's something I'm not comfortable with inside myself and I tell people I say to people life is recovery if you are doing life you're doing recovery from something some at some point everybody is in a recovery from something right yeah right and if you look at the definition of recovery we're all in recovery
1: yeah, yeah.
0: You're recovering from a cold.
1: <laughs> right. It's a journey, you know, and that's what we're all about here is just riding the waves, right? Yeah. We can't stop the waves of struggle, but we can learn how to surf, right? Yeah. yeah. And
0: that's, that's what life, that's what recovery is. And, you know, y, Y12SR, I just say, is open to any person, anybody dealing with, you know, and there's a lot of family groups and family support and, and outside, and it's just... Yeah.
1: there's And that piece about making it accessible, Krista, um, These you can donate. These are free classes. You mm-hmm. just can make a donation if you'd like. Um, yep. And also, even around the recovery coaches and the peer support and the other offerings at Turning Point, a lot of those are free? All free. All free. All free. Wow. All free. Yep. That's amazing. And the work you do for funding, you know, just thank you from so many. Yes. Because that's huge. Yeah.
0: So uh, you, you can go right to the Turning Point. It's turning point, uh, turningpointcentervt.com. Okay. And there's a, there's a um, buttons that, you know, you could look for a recovery coach. And a recovery coach um, is another person, male or female, in recovery. And they have at least three years of sobriety. And they've gone through the Recovery Coach Academy, so it's not just a person. These, this person has been trained with skills. They're not a therapist. They're not a clinician. They're not. Um, uh, they're not any of that. They are a person that is in recovery that has walked a similar walk that you're walking, and is there to meet you where you're at.
1: Mm,
0: nice. I'm. I'm not. And and there's a person there that will do the intake. You know, you can go to the website and and fill all that out, and you're matched with another person, and maybe that relationship works, maybe it doesn't, um, because you know we all jive with certain people, and sometimes right. we don't. Um, right. And they also have family coaching, so for family members yeah. that are interested in support, like yourself, that. Yeah don't have any experience with them it's a family member it's so you're matched the same way as a as a person in recovery is matched with another person in recovery a family member member members is offered that same kind of support because it's unknown to a lot of people
1: yeah no i appreciate it's- you shared that with me and and I haven't, like we had the four children and I couldn't find carved space out with all the different resources I needed for them and just doing life um, to go. But I feel like I've done a little bit, but now honestly with COVID, um, it's brought us this telecommunication that now makes it accessible to me to show up. So I am definitely going to reach out and, and and connect with other people because that's what we we want to do, right? Like we want to share our journey with someone else that's um, walking that path. And so I appreciate that yeah. very much. And we will put all of these uh, links in the show notes for anyone listening. So uh, you don't have to remember everything we've said around this um, wonderful resources that are local. to the people here in Vermont, um, the Y12SR though is international. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Check that out.
0: Yeah, what's beautiful, Mary, about this now is I say that's the silver lining of Zoom is because um, I meet with a coachee and we've never met in person. We've met by phone or some some of us meet by Zoom um, and that has really broadened and opened up so many more avenues from for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's always been free and it's always been, you know, it, it's making a relationship work for you. It's some person you check in with or that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks so much for all of this. Um, And I, I just, one thing, Kate and I actually just did a episode on trust and reestablishing trust Mm. your family when you've been traveling through addiction and how it really breaks a lot of that, right. Through the, which feels like lying, Caitlin shared. It's more, you think you're trying to protect your family from seeing the truth and how when you really expose yourself, how raw and awful that feels. But how do you climb your way back? And I know you're working on that with your family too, right? Like how to reestablish your relationship in in the trust when it's been really broken. It takes a long
0: time. Yeah. And me personally, it's it's just showing up and continually being present and being the best person I can. And also it's um, it's being able to set healthy boundaries and saying, you know, I need to take this time for me to make sure that I'm healthy so that I can be healthy for you. Mm-hmm. I think of sometimes I use the thought of if you think of a teacup in your cup or any kind of cup is half full and you can only keep pouring out so much of that cup you need to fill that cup up so that cup you can think of your cup as being half full or half empty if you think of your cup as being half full well maybe you need to fill it up with a little bit more of you so that you have more to pour out
1: of it Mm -hmm. nice that's a good really good analogy yeah Yeah. Yeah. and that gives us all permission for self-care
0: and that's it giving yourself permission to be okay with with where you are
1: yeah um i like one of my friends says you can love from a distance mm -hmm. right Right. (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes that's what's called for and you know kate and i are here next to each other doing this podcast but there's times that had to happen from a distance for sure Mm
0: -hmm. yeah And it's hard because we all have that, um, there's another uh, book, I forget who writes it, it's The Disease to Please.
1: Mm. And
0: a a part of us wants to be the, you know, to make sure everything's okay and and to, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's a natural instinct to have, to care. Yeah. Right. And
1: I think, um, you know, I think our families can trigger things in us. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's part of recovery is. Yeah. Knowing that and both ways. I'll say it triggers Kate triggers stuff in me too. It it works both ways. So again, acknowledging it, communicating about it, just being real. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard for it's hard for us to be around each other sometimes. Yeah, for sure. It's life. You know? yeah, it's, that's life. That's life with any family. It right. doesn't matter if you're right. recovering or you not. Know? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you're yeah, no, but yeah, it's like, you know, you say, Oh, I came from a perfect well, what is perfect? Yeah. To, yeah. You, to me. I mean
1: right. Yeah. I think we need it's, to just take perfect out of the vocabulary yeah. altogether.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I tell people, you know, what is per? Yeah. It's, but we, pe- we put this thing up on a pedestal and, and try to achieve and
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah, it's, it's giving, it's giving yourself never, permission. You're never going to
1: get there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Krista, so much beauty that you have shared with us today and we're so grateful for that. Um, and I know our listeners are going to benefit so much. Is there, you have so much wisdom you have um, imparted on us, but I wonder if there's one little nugget if, of everything you've been through and where you are, if you could share a message with our community. Um, maybe you have something you would like to share.
0: <laughs> I do. Thanks. Um, find a tribe, build a tribe, build a tribe around you and use them. Mm. use them yeah you I am only as strong as the people that are in my tribe
1: mm. that's so beautiful yeah like, yeah yeah community and connection I don't think I've ever felt um how powerful and necessary they are or the more yeah. I do life the more I can appreciate that
0: um Johanna Hari says um, the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm. Yeah. And I I learned that in my um my my first 200 hour yoga training with Story Yoga. That's their message is opposite of addiction is connection. Mm. And I took that and said build by build my tribe. Nice. yeah yeah Yeah. That's great
1: well, yeah. thank you for everything. It's been such a gift to have you on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. And I look forward to taking some more of your yoga. And I hope uh, some of our community reaches out and checks out that as an opportunity for them. And yeah, just keep doing great stuff. You're you're a gift. uh well,
0: you both are a gift for well, for being so open and sharing this um with so many people because you it's difficult and. The admiration I have for you to sit side by side and um, be vulnerable and and put yourself out there for criticism and critique and and um, share your hearts—it's mm-hmm. it's hard. So thank you yeah, for well. sharing this powerful journey. Mm-hmm. And it's a journey we're all on together. And
1: really? and I believe
0: there's no coincidence.
1: <laughs> no, no. no <laughs> And I so think there's, much, you know, there's going to be negative things, but I think that there's some way more positive um, from what we do than we can you take can take away with. Yeah, well, we're going to, right? You know, we're going to choose that. What do they say? I think it's Michelle Obama says, "When they go low, you go high." Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, we all, uh, you know, we all have to. Um, yeah, I just say this is this is this is who I am now, and I can either hide and pretend it didn't happen or say if there's only one person that gets something one thing out of hearing me share my journey or anything of anybody else's service or looks into somebody else how they can do something or change something or a thought
1: process then that's it that's all yeah that's all it's just spreading the message (laughs) yeah I believe that's why we're here right to learn and to share what our lessons are. I don't even know if we have a choice over what they are. I think it's divine guidance. Take what you need and leave the rest. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right, Krista, we'll let you go. But thank you so Mm, much. I want to say to you. Thank you both. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Zen Mama in the Addict and for being part of our extended community. We love you guys. Be sure to check out our Zen Mama and the Addict website. You will find links to all of our social media there. And you'll see on our Facebook, we've added a private Facebook page. So check that out if you're interested in joining that community of sharing in a safe space where we can be a little vulnerable and give each other support and hold each other's hand along this journey. Hey, also sign up for our email list and you can receive our newsletter and any other announcements of events happening. Have a great day. Remember, we can do hard things. We can't stop the struggle, but together we can learn how to surf.